So Nancy Pelosi, this 80-year-old grandma, uh, great-grandma actually, flies into Taiwan in the face of all these threats from paper and uh, Xi Jinping. I mean, what a failure, you know. Can you imagine? They, they, they rattle the sabers, they put out videos, they threaten that you who fooled with us will get burned. Uh, <laughs> that's basically what the United States is doing to China right now. <laughs> what a bunch of losers. Weaklings. Empty idle threats are meaningless. Thank you. Madam President, please be seated. Speaker Pelosi will now deliver her remarks. Thank you, Madam President. It is such a high honor to receive the Order of the Propitious Clouds with special grand cordon from you. We are so proud of your leadership, a woman president in one of the freest societies in the world. It's great immense admiration for your leadership and great personal humility that I accept this award. Humility because I accept it, not for me only, but for our members of Congress who are so instrumental in all that you said about our accomplishments together. Democrats and Republicans, House and Senate, both sides of the aisle, united in our support for Taiwan. This time I am so excited to receive this award on behalf of the United States Congress as ever is just unwavering. The response that we had to our visit was so positive from our colleagues. I look forward to displaying this award in the speaker's office or wearing it there, right? <laughs> uh, in, in the Capitol as a symbol of our treasured friendship. 谢谢总统阁下而且这些一同行的议员们其实对于刚刚讲到的所有的办公室当中，毕竟我在办公室不并不会穿戴整个大寿。Madam President, I think it's important to remind some and inform others of how we are here. Forty-three years ago, with the Taiwan Relations Act, America made a bedrock promise to always stand with Taiwan. And on this strong foundation, we have built a thriving partnership grounded in our shared values of self-government and self-determination, focused on our mutual security interests in the region and across the world, committed to the economic ties that power prosperity for all of our people. 
。我们这一次的来访呢，其中一项重点就是要提醒大家，并告知大家，四十三年前我们通过了《台湾关系法》，当时就许下了对台湾非常坚定的承诺，要与台湾站在一起。在这个基础之上，我们行出了非常非常繁荣的合作关系跟伙伴关系。我们。的焦点不但是有包括我们的共同命运的自自觉，还有许多我们共同安全的议题，无论是在这个地区还是全世界的共同安全，以及我们必须要保障我们，并且深化我们的经济关系，使得我们的两国的人民能能够有更好的生活。Today, our delegation, which I'm very proud, came to Taiwan to make unequivocally clear we will not abandon our commitment to Taiwan. And we are proud of our enduring friendship. And may I mention, they are all co-chairs of this delegation: the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Mr. Gregory Meeks of New York; the chair of the Foreign Affairs Committee, Mr. Takano of California; the vice chair of the Ways and Means Committee, Congresswoman Del Bene of Washington State; the member of the Intelligence Committee, and a leader in COVID fight and so many things. In the Congress, Congressman Raja Krishnamurthy from, I say Illinois, he says Chicago, <laughs> and again one of our newest members of Congress, serving the diplomat as a state as a diplomat in the State Department before coming, Congressman Andy Kim of not only the Armed Services Committee but also the Foreign Affairs Committee and others. We're very proud of our delegation, and and when you hear as you. We'll be hearing from them in the course of our visit. You will know、uh, even more why we are. Thank you to our delegation, and we're proud to be here with the Vice President, with Mr. Wu, with other distinguished leaders who are here with you, Madam President. Thank you for your leadership. The story of Taiwan is an inspiration to all freedom-loving people in the United States and around the world. Out of a crucible of challenge, you have forged a flourishing. Democracy, one of the freest in the world, proudly to be led by a woman president. That's an applause line. We, 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 那我也很高兴，也很荣幸能够在这边见到副总统、吴部长，呃，以及呃蔡总统，以及非常许多杰出的台湾的政治领导人、领导者。非常感谢各位的领导。那台湾的故事啊，其实就是一群热爱自由民主的人民的故事。那其实我们在美国，也在全世界都有许多这样子热爱自由的人民。And Taiwan has been an island of resilience. In the world, indeed, the people of Taiwan have proven to the world that, with hope, courage, and determination, it is possible to build a peaceful and prosperous future, even in terms of the challenges you face. And now, more than ever, 
America's solidarity with Taiwan is crucial, and that is the message we are bringing here today. Taiwan is a self-respecting nation. Taiwan's people have demonstrated that they have hope, they have courage, they have determination. They will build a peaceful and prosperous future, even though Taiwan is facing so many difficult challenges. But the Taiwan community is very important. 我们这一次来访，就是要向外界彰显像这样子的美美台之间的团结。When we travel and leave the country as a congressional delegation, security to protect our people as well as global security, economy to spread prosperity in our own country and others, and governance are three principal pillars of our travel. In all three areas, we have great Cooperation and friendship with Taiwan, and we value that. I just do want to mention and congratulate Taiwan for your governance of the COVID issue, the COVID pandemic. Your model to the world in terms of the cooperation of the people and the success of your initiatives. Congratulations, Madam President. Congratulations to the people of Taiwan for following the lead. And, and suggesting their own proposals. Today, the world faces a choice between democracy and autocracy. America's determination to preserve democracy here in Taiwan and around the world remains ironclad. And we are grateful to the partnership of the people of Taiwan in this mission. I'm very grateful to receive this award. I'm grateful to you, Madam President, to the people. Uh, for their enduring friendship, I'm very blessed, as are my colleagues, with many Taiwan Americans who are very excited about our visit. And in fact, when I came before in '99, I came with them, <laughs> and、uh, we learned a lot. And that's what we came to do: to participate in the Asian Pacific Initiative in a way that is appropriate for Taiwan to be successful, whether in trade. Security, etc., and to do so in a way that opens many more possibilities. We came here to listen, to learn, and what do you know? I got this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful award, the Order of Propitious Clouds, with special grand pardon. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you so much. So, basically, what's it now, fat boy? What you gonna do? Well, <laughs> listen to the threats. We would like to tell the United States once again that China is standing by, and the Chinese People's Liberation Army will never sit idly by. Well, they sat idly by, and an eighty-year-old woman got by her on a commercial flight with no military escort whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I really like Nancy Pelosi, but I like what she did. You know, going into uh, basically uh, months, years even of China's abuse of Hong Kong, China's abuse of people in Shanghai, all those people screaming, you know, about freedom and all that. China not being forthcoming and realistic and talking about what exactly the real causes of the virus were, all these issues, and you know, they make threats, but. Looks like,、uh, according to Zhao Lijian, China's foreign ministry spokesperson, the、uh, MoFa, well, you made your threat, 
but you haven't done anything. So basically, China just got its military, the People's Republic of China's military, just got slapped and taught a very valuable lesson about who's boss. Standing by and the Chinese People's Liberation Army will never sit idly by. They sat by! And that China will take resolute responses and strong countermeasures. What countermeasures? She got by. She landed. She's having dim sum with the Taiwanese president. As for what measures, if she dares to go, then let's wait and see. Well, she's there. She's God. We're waiting and seeing it. You ain't done shit. That's basically it. So, yeah, Xi Jinping, China, all of their tough talk didn't really amount to much. Anyway, let's listen to what else is coming out of this recent discussion. Although, you know, we could be at war, and I don't even know it. You know, they could have launched some missiles, and we didn't even see it. But as far as we can tell so far, they mean nothing. I mean, we haven't seen anything. They haven't done anything. And at the end of the day, Pelosi went to Taiwan, sat down. Maybe next we should send old Biden or maybe, uh, you know, the, the leaders from different countries around the world. I mean, really, if Taiwan wants to be an independent country, let them. Who cares what the PRC says? This is an independent state of 21 million people that has been that way since 1949. It's been one of the best allies of the United States and the West. And yet, we got to put up with some bully panda boy, you know, in pants and pampers, trying to, you know, tell us what we can and cannot do anywhere in the world in places they don't even control. Basically, what Nancy Pelosi showed was just China's weakness. That no, they don't control anything beyond their own borders. That's the latest for me for now. Let's listen to this first. Thank you. Um, as you mentioned, we're seeing some pretty provocative stuff, unfortunately, from China, whether that's canceling food exports or planned military exercises. Um, I'm wondering, given these developments, does the White House believe that it would have been better that news of Speaker Pelosi's proposed trip had not leaked? last month? Would it have been better if this remained secret until she was on the ground? Uh, look, it's hard to speak to leaks uh, in, in this town and what effect they, I mean, you're asking me to sort of go back in time and um, and you know, sort of disprove a negative here. I, uh, look, we, uh, uh, the leak was certainly unfortunate. Uh, wherever it came from, it was unfortunate uh, because the speaker, as we have said, Corrine has said, and I have said, should be able to talk to her travel in her own terms, um, and uh, and you know she when she she landed she she announced she was there. And then one more very quickly, um, House Republicans are already moving forward with legislation that they plan on proposing it um, that would create a sort of lend lease program for Taiwan. Is this an overreaction? Is this something that perhaps heightens tensions at a moment when they should be mellowed? I won't speak to. Congress and their motivations or whoever, uh, and I'm certainly not going to talk about proposed legislation. Uh, I would tell you that it's time to wake up. Um, I would tell you that um, there's been long-standing bipartisan support since the late 70s for the Taiwan Relations Act, both, both sides of the aisle, and that remains today. 
uh, and we take our obligations under that act very seriously, which provides for a, a way, a, a method uh, of assisting uh, Taiwan with their self-defense. And so through the, I can't, you know, I can't speculate about where this proposed legislation is going to go, and I'm certainly not going to uh, offer a, a administration policy statement on it since it's simply proposed, uh, but I can be certain, and it's important for everybody to understand how seriously we take our obligations under that Taiwan Relations Act, and we're going to continue to do that. I mean, even just under uh, uh, under President Biden, you know, we've uh, we've provided a billion dollars worth of uh, defense articles uh, under the Taiwan Relations Act. So it's it's a serious commitment. Thank you, sir. Sebastian Thank you. Uh, when it comes to Taiwan, it appears the retaliation has already begun. China banned exports from 100 Taiwanese brands. Are you concerned that Taiwan is going to end up paying too steep a price for this U.S. visit? There's no reason for that to happen, Nancy. Um, as we said uh, today and yesterday, no reason for China to take what is a, a perfectly legitimate and consistent uh, travel by uh, the Speaker of the House and turn it into some pretext for amping up the tensions uh, or creating some sort of crisis or conflict. There's just simply no reason for that. And because we're, she's not acting, we're not acting in any way inconsistent with the way we've been acting now for decades since the Taiwan Relations Act was, uh, was passed into law back in the late 70s. Um, I, I can't speak for Chinese actions or Chinese decisions one way or another. We're going to continue to watch this and monitor this. Um, I, I would just say that uh, um, we don't support Taiwan independence. We've said that before. We do support Taiwan's self-defense in keeping with the Taiwan Relations Act. We're going to keep doing that, um, and we're going to keep um, working on revitalizing our alliances and partnerships in the region for a free and, and open Indo-Pacific. And what is this going to do to the U.S.-China relationship, which is already so fraught? I think the fact that the President talked to President Xi last week for two hours is an indication of um, how much the President uh, understands and respects the consequential nature of this bilateral relationship. Uh, as I've said before, one of the most consequential, not just in the region, but in the world. And the President wants to keep those lines of communication open. It is particularly important to do that when there's times of tension, like right now, to make sure those lines of communication remain open. So I would say, to answer your question, one, we don't want to see this spiral into any kind of a crisis or conflict. Again, we would say there's no reason to. And number two, we want to be able to maintain those lines of communication. But a lot of this is going to depend. What to an, answering your question is going to depend a lot on how China behaves uh, over coming days and weeks. John, given the, uh, the concerns you were just talking about in, uh, in, uh, with, with China's actions in response to this visit by the speaker, um, the heightened tensions, the risks of provocations and the like, does the president believe that the speaker's trip is a net benefit to U.S. national security interests or not? Uh, look, we, the president doesn't typically comment on congressional travel. Um, as I said, he respects her decision to go. Um, and he believes it's perfectly consistent with American policy going back decades and supported by both parties. But he, he doesn't, does he believe it hurts U.S. foreign policy interests in the region? The, the president 
um, has already seen that Speaker Pelosi has already accomplished um, some important conversations uh, on this trip with respect to foreign policy, with her stop in Singapore and uh, Kuala Lumpur. Um, um, and then, you know, she's uh, already announced she's moving on to Japan and South Korea, two of our treaty allies in the Pacific. So um, uh, he welcomes her uh, conversations. She, he, he welcomes her um, uh, contributions to uh, American foreign policy and our foreign policy objectives uh, overseas. But, I mean, the trip's not, not even over yet. So I think we, we ought to give the speaker a chance to, to talk about what she did, what she learned, um, and what she took away from this trip when she gets back. Let me just back it up. Meanwhile, as you listen to that, there is this. Uh-huh. Well, it ain't over yet, because apparently, according to Jack Posobiec, the whole reason for the Taiwan trip may have very well been just to boost her husband's stock trades with NVIDIA. Could it be? What's she doing now? Unusual Whale has, has the tweet up from about two weeks ago. Unusual Whales. The Pelosi's have $20,000 in shares in NVIDIA, worth millions after yesterday's stock disclosures. Yesterday, Nancy Pelosi came out of finalizing, in favor of finalizing, the Chips Plus bill, a comprehensive semiconductor bill for $52 billion. You get it? They knew the bill was going to pass, so then they went in on NVIDIA. Then she's talking about going to Taiwan. Why? Because that's where the semiconductor manufacturing plant is. And then she knew if she exacerbated tensions, hit the scarcity on this, then they get the subsidies. Boom. Semiconductor market goes through the roof. Her shares are now worth 10x, 20x what they were. It was a scam. It was a semiconductor pump and dump scheme. And you didn't care about the effect on the people of Taiwan or the people of the United States, you cared about your wallet. This is how it goes. The Pelosi's have been pawns of the CCP or the highest bidder for a long time. It's the same with the Bidens. They don't care if they're doing a deal with the CCP. They don't care if they're doing a deal with the Russians. They don't do it, care if it's Ukrainian oligarchs and the green shipments out of Odessa. They don't care, all right? This is the problem with these politicians and their political families with insider training. And by the way, Congresswoman AOC, actually agrees with me on this. So I'll tell you what, I agree with AOC on this one. These congressmen and they, these leaders and their families should not be involved in this stuff. So you got all these people out there, these quote unquote America first people simping for Nancy Pelosi. Well, they're saying, Pelosi's going over, we're gonna stand up, stand up to the CCP. We're gonna do this, we're gonna stand up, we're gonna stand, it's about semiconductors. Guys, stop getting played. Don't simp for her, don't do this. You're getting play. She's playing you like a fiddle. Her landing in Taiwan was supposed to be the grand finale. So that's what Jack Vesovic has to say, but is it really true? Who's to say? After all, for all we know, Jack Vesovic could be short-selling his shares. We don't know, do we? I'm Mike of New York. That's the way it is for me for now, from here, there, and everywhere. Actually, I kind of like the fact that she went to Taiwan. I mean, I don't really like Nancy Pelosi and her politics. I don't like what her family has done to San Francisco. But I do like this trip to Taiwan. There. I'm Mike of New York. That's the latest for me for now. 